This is Fat Bike Radio, Fat Bike Review, our very first episode of a podcast bike review. And today we're going to uh, we're going to review the Kona Woo. And I have with me the Ronster and Danimal, who both test rode the bike. Welcome to the show. Thank yeah. you for having us. Yeah, definitely. Good to be on here. So we are here in the Delafield Wheel and Sprocket. And our uh, podcasting gear is sitting on top of a Trek 9.6 fat bike. And both of these cats are either employed or former employees of the Wheel and Sprocket. Uh, the Ronster is uh, kind of a cycling, I'm not going to embarrass you and say a cycling legend. Uh, multi-time winner of the 24-9 race, right? 24-hour race in the solo category. Yes. Uh, and... Danimal here is kind of a, a like a huckster, like a like a enduro rider and uh, and and a bicycle scientist, if you will, a, uh, a really accomplished bike mechanic and a really good rider. So right. let's start with the Ronster and let's talk about the Kona. Let's talk about uh, like what was good about the. Um, it's a really cool modern fat bike. It's very purple. And I like that. <laughs> the color, yeah. The color is wicked <laughs> on this thing. No, no, no. It's got all the goodies. It's aluminum frame, carbon fork, uh, tubeless ready wheels. Um, the geometry was was spot on. Um, you send it to me with the dropout center, uh, set up in the center. Um, did that for a ride or two, and then I moved them all the way forward, and it was a super fun bike in that position. So Very cool. Um, and that's with the big tires on it too. Uh, these these are twenty six inch tires, but they were four point eights on that bike when yes. you rode it, right? Yeah, I think that's all we've run on it is big tires. Um, we did run Bud and Lou Danimal ran some Bud and Lou time on it. So, um, so go on. And, and I know that these these uh, the Kona bikes are known for their short chainstays when it's slammed like that. I think it's four hundred and twenty millimeters. Yeah, and I mean they know mountain bikes, so you know the Hanzo is a super fun bike, and and so I was expecting it to handle and perform like a modern mountain bike would, just with bigger tires and on the snow, and that's what it did. So um, handling was great. Uh, frame is stiff. I come from steel bikes, so whenever I jump on a bike with a carbon fork and a thirty-five millimeter uh, handlebar clamp the whole front end feels stiffer than I'm used to, but, um, you know, it's definitely worth the wait. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. So, and it's interesting. This is a more progressive geometry fat bike. And when I rode, I rode it, uh, I noticed the difference, but it felt a little different to me than, say, I, I just rode a, a framed Montana full suspension and that felt, and then that's a 68 and a half degree head tube angle. And that felt progressive to me. And it felt just, my hands felt in the right position on the Kona. My, my hands felt like they were a little high and I, well, it wasn't like, Oh, this is too high to ride. It was just like, well, I had to concentrate on keeping that front tire in firm contact with the ground. Right. Cause it's different from what I'm used to. How did you feel about that? Like, did you feel like that? That because the axle to crown on this fork is kind of, I think it's five hundred and fifteen millimeters. It's it's on the long side. 
it it is pretty long it's uh it's like it's uh it's corrected but at almost full extension so the front end was high but for reference i ride a you know my main bike is a surly ice cream truck with mm-hmm. sunrise bars oh wow. yeah. and the stack on the kona was very similar to how i have my oh, that bike set up so yeah. even with the taller fork and a and a fairly flat handlebar on it it was it was what i was used to right so right right i think and, with a long suspension fork on it you know it would be a lot of fun too especially in the summer yeah yeah that bike with a with the suspension fork and a dropper oh lord <laughs> A dropper, and with those adjustable dropouts, I was drooling to single speed that thing. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So, Danimal, I, it's we. Danimal hasn't uh, ridden a fat bike before this season, right? And I started off letting them borrow a traditional. Oh no, you rode the Kona first, and then you went to the traditional fat bike, and then you went back to the Kona, right? Yeah, I rode the the Kona for the first time. Um, that was like literally the first fat bike I've ridden in snow properly. Right. At um, Rock on single track. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, went back to kind of the traditional geometry fat bike. Right. My my fat back 190 aluminum bike that's named Otis. It's a 6973 bike. So a very traditional fat bike geometry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to kind of get a sense of what I'm dealing with and just not having the, the knowledge of what each one is and then once i felt comfortable on on otis went back to the kona checked it out kind of see what was going on with it so, so just kind of get a idea of which each version of it yeah you know progressive or traditional geometry so so what are your thoughts about one versus the other what do you prefer like what i would go with the progressive yeah myself you know Riding cross country bikes, trail bikes, enduro bikes, all that kind of stuff. It it definitely fit and felt more natural to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it felt like a a kind of modern day cross country bike, right on, just with huge tires on it. <laughs> um, yeah, so there wasn't really any. You know, I felt like I would be able to kind of jump between the two mm-hmm. pretty seamlessly yeah it's it's a subtle difference but we make a big deal out of out of uh, every little bit of a difference um but i mean now it, it, it's less of a difference for me i recognize what each one is and it's like oh all right well i'm on this now uh, and we were talking about it, i feel like more modern geometry i almost have to i have to think less it's it's more forgiving it it makes riding easier uh, on single track, and to me, I guess I wanted to be—I wanted to be like a little harder, a little more twitchy. And I don't know. That's what I was saying, though, right? Yeah, I don't make sense a lot of the time, though. Eh, we're used to it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Like I was thinking about it and just kind of the differences between the two, and and where where I would want one and where I'd want the other, and. You know, with the progressive, you know, coming off of like cross country bikes, you know, being able to switch between those two would be really good. You mm-hmm. know, so like if you're, you know, if you are a racer, if you are somebody who wants to go out and do hot laps and, you know, that kind of stuff, definitely, you know, having the progressive geometry would be a really good benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, it it does feel very natural coming from, you know, kind of modern 
geometry, cross-country bikes or trail bikes, things like that. Um, but definitely if I was more on that adventure, bike packing, mm-hmm. that end of it, I think that traditional geometry would be the way that I would want to go. It go. just Would you ever go back to a traditional geometry fat bike roster? Well, it, I still have my Pugsley, but it resides in Florida now. So <laughs> It's retired in, in Florida. <laughs> and I, I'll be visiting it in about two weeks. Nice. And uh, the, the last couple of years, I've gone down there for a week and, and ridden it. And they have some cool trails in, yeah. in Florida. Yes. Um, but I, you know, the trails there are pretty progressive and... You just can't have as much fun on the, on the traditional geometry. But I go down there, I settle in. It's still a super fun bike to ride, but you can't get too aggressive and yeah. jump off anything too big. Yeah, I, but, I could see that. Um, but on the beach or, you know, a long, snowy bike path, um, it, it works. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and, you know, I had I w- I had concerns about progressive fat bikes not being as good on snow as they would be on on dirt, and I think that riding them dispelled that for me. Uh, riding this Kona dispelled that for me. It was like, oh well, yeah, it's a little bit different, but it still does all the good things that progressive geometry does. Um, that whole self correcting and uh, it, it just keeps you in line. More so than and and allows you to go over things and down things that that would completely pucker you and be like you'd be on the, have to be on the brakes whereas you can just go especially if with a dropper it's like yeah I'm not going to break through this I'm just going to drop the post and <laughs> let the bike go yeah so in a way that just feels like cheating to me <laughs> and that's why I'm. At the old guy at the table. <laughs> so, the Kona, the Kona, I think, uh, you know, it's a $2,000 bike, right? So, it, in that price range, how do you think that, that the value is on that, on that? We talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, because people that are going to consider this bike, one thing is like, you have to consider, can you get these bikes? And I know that they're, coming into stock like all of these bikes are kind of on the come they they can't get all the parts to get a complete bike to sell to you right now but eventually it's going to come um would you spend two thousand dollars on this bike um that's a really competitive market right now especially you know with some of the other brands possibly offering dropper posts and that at close yeah, to that yeah, yeah. price point that's something to consider i think availability in the next year or so is huh. going to be the key thing right Quite so right. um i i think looking at you know the, the market we're going into in the next year people may just want to buy frames and try and piece together bikes if you make yeah. it the way they want you know i i made the comment that building a fat bike this year is going to be a lot like building a pugsley in 2007 you know, it you almost <laughs> you almost have to have somebody at a bike shop shopping for you on the, all the distributors' websites to find the parts. Unless you're like Ronster and you like single speeds, because then you might be able to do one uh, do one a little easier, right? Because you don't have to worry about the shifty bits, right? And this is this is one of the few bikes that is easy to single speed 
Yeah, yeah. Because of the sliding dropouts. So, we talked about what we liked about the bike. Where would you improve the Kona? Well, we'll start with Danimal. Yeah, I think the the two things that come to mind right away, and I think we've kind of hit on this before, is a dropper post. Yeah. Um, you know, it is something that you look kind of like you look around the market and you kind of look and see what, what other companies are doing. Most modern day mountain bikes are coming with a dropper post. And I do think it would, it would make a huge benefit to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's like, that's if you need, if you want to buy an aftermarket one, you're looking at $200 in round figures, right. To get started. Mm -hmm. Unless you want the $800, uh, (laughs) access one that has the Bluetooth dropper wireless. Yeah, so I think, you know, definitely being able to add that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it necessarily takes away from the bike mm-hmm. um, without having one. Um, it definitely does. It definitely would add a lot of really good value to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I would bring up would be the tires. Yeah, yeah, those V tires. Um, you know, the tires that come on it, they are solid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being very new to riding in snow, they are very confidence-inspiring. Um, grippy very very grippy um just being able to ride through so many different different areas and and knowing that okay like this tire is going to handle it yeah um the downside to it and the reason why i would replace them is that you're going to pay for it yeah they're a little bit hard to push yeah Yeah. you definitely need you know they don't roll and they're not going anywhere quick on them (laughs) so yes on one hand they are they are really nice right you know that you know, if you are new, that just being able to to get through anything and have that confidence that hey, this is going to tires do know, make not, a big difference in the way a bike rides. Yeah, sure. you're not sliding around all over the place with them, but yeah, you're you're not going anywhere fast. Yeah, and we we you ran Bud and Lou on there after yeah. you after we took those tires off, and you know, what would you say was it a major improvement, slight improvement? Night and day, you know. Yeah, I would definitely go in the night and day. Yeah. I mean, it it really did kind of create a whole new bike. Yeah, cool. Um, you know, it definitely rolled so much better, and you know, it re- the V tires really did hold it back. Yeah, um, I've always loved know. that Bud and Lou combination, especially we have a ton of snow right now. Uh, it yeah, it's just the benchmark for the nar nar, right? So, Ronster, what, what, do you concur? Do you have anything different that you would improve on the bike? I, I would kind of go with Dan on, on the first thing I would probably change are the tires. Yeah. Um, just something with a more supple casing and mm-hmm. more aggressive tread. Yeah. Uh, Snowshoe XLs are were a decent tire, um, but in deeper, looser snow. And even on hard pack, you really notice the the casing doesn't seem to flex as much yeah so the rolling resistance could be the it could be the tread too because they yeah. are they are a aggressive tire yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's more aggressive tires out now we didn't let you ride it with the bud and lou on it <laughs> 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 but it could still could happen um yeah um, so yeah i would i would go to something a little faster rolling yeah. um lighter weight that would improve the ride uh fantastically um and then a dropper post is definitely a nice bonus. I've ridden a long time without one. I've only gotten into droppers in the last few years. So I 
you know, that's a definite luxury item, but it's not a deal breaker on the bike. Yeah. Um, or something that needs to be urgently changed in my view. Um, came with Shimano brakes, which worked great. Um, you know, and I was riding in the, in the teens for an hour or two at a time and had no issue with those. Uh, Shimano, the SRAM SX groove mm-hmm. set, they're kind of their entry level 12 speed. Um, I got it dialed in right away and didn't have any issues with shifting and slush or snow or anything like that. It is a steel bodied cassette. So if you wanted to change some weight and or shave some weight, yeah. you wanted to shave some weight, uh, you could go to a lighter cassette. So yeah. otherwise, uh, yeah, it was a good, good bike for the money. I thought. And ready to upgrade to your favorite suspension fork. Um, and, to do some fairly aggressive trail riding, I would think. Yeah, right? with the geometry, it would make a great year-round trail bike. Up in our parts, you can go to the trail any time in the summer, and you'll see a number of fat bikes. Oh, yeah. People ride them year-round. It's it's not just a seasonal thing here. Yeah. Go to any trailhead, and you're going to see maybe as much as 25% of the bikes are fat bikes. It's, like, pretty prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that, that I think that that I would like to add about this bike is it is freaking gorgeous looking. <laughs> I mean, it has yeah. got curb yeah. appeal coming out the wazoo. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, that prismatic purple to magenta fade thing that it's got going is. And most of my rides were after work as the sun was setting. So, you know, it kind of changes colors as you're riding it it's it's really really pretty yeah is it a gorgeous looking bike um and i would also add that the one thing that i think that that i would see improving on that bike being the cross-country guy here is i would go with lighter wheels like take and put a nice double wall carbon wheel on there like those new whiskey 76w wheels uh and maybe even go to a if since you're buying an extra set go to 27.5 you know to give you the ability to go super fat with 4.5 27.5 and you know low and fast with the uh you know set of dillingers on there oh there you go so so it definitely appears to have the clearance for it yeah i would think so, so. yeah but with those I mean, we had it came with big tires, and we put a Lou on the back, so that's pretty dang big. And that the Lou did fit with everything slid forward. Oh, that's good to know. So, and we're not scraping paint trying to get it in there either. It's like there is actually enough clearance that you know you could definitely go big. Nice. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot now, and uh, so in a rating, best out of five gnomes. How many gnomes do you give the Kona Woe? Yeah, Raster. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, you know, you go all digital, you know, or, or use fractions if, if you must. Okay. Say three and a half to four gnomes on this. All right. 3.75, then. 3.75 <laughs> <Yeah>. gnomes. <laughs> there you go. Danimal? Yeah, I would be right in that area too. That you know, three and a half to four. All right. So, 
Eight's my favorite number, so I would go uh, 3.88. Giving it the highest score because <laughs> I'm a sucker for a purple iridescent paint job. <laughs> Going with the shiny stuff. <laughs> and I think that, I, you know, since we're all in the bike industry, we should encourage people to buy a bike that they can upgrade. And I think this bike also sells a fork and a dropper post. Maybe a nice set of ergon grips and an ergon saddle. <laughs> we got a little plug in for ergon. Where are you at there, ergon? Give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any closing thoughts before we uh, sign off? Well, no. Nope. <laughs> I always like to say, go ride your damn bike. What are yeah. you doing listening to this thing? Or hopefully, you know, you can run this on your on your cell phone with those Bluetooth speakers. You could like irritate people on the L or or on the trail listening to me. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we're living in fat bike heaven here, and it looks like even the South is getting a taste of it. So, yeah, Texas. if you need a year round fat bike, the the Kona will fill those needs. You can. Ride your dirt trails as soon as they thaw out down there in Texas and Oklahoma, or you know you can be one of the few guys riding through the snow right now. Yeah, you could take it to the bike park and huck those four footers. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's all for the Fat Bike Radio first bike review of the Kona. Whoa, whoa! All right, uh, we don't have any sponsors for this show, but uh, if you'd like to sponsor the show. Uh, email Gomez at fatbike.com and we'll work out something. You know, we work for beer or sometimes homemade bread or God knows what. Gnomes, that's what we'll work for. All right, till next time. Felices Caminos, amigos. Check us out on Instagram at fatbike.com. I'm still frustrated that I have to talk about not to move to scan names. <laughs> <laughs>